Buckle up, because Metro is bringing you the best deal in wireless. Switch to Metro and get your choice of two awesome free phones from top brands like Samsung and LG with huge HD screens and tons of memory for all your pics and videos. So hurry into Metro and get your awesome free phones only at Metro. Plus sales tax and activation fee. Requires port and of eligible number not currently active on T-Mobile Network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Limit four per account or household. Restrictions apply. See store for details and terms and conditions. Welcome to Midwest Mind Mail with your hosts, Josh and Jason. We Welcome go? back, my Midwest infidels. I'm your host, Josh, here with Jason. And today I got a special guest for you. I got Mike Manjaruka. Mike, how you doing, brother? Ah, he's doing good. Yeah, you know, so today, man, I want to talk about the Department of Corrections. Now, what's uh, what's your background with the department? Uh worked as a corporal for about two and a half years, a little bit longer. Yeah? How did that go? Oh, it was so fun. <laughs> you know, it, it's a fun job. You know, I like uh, you know I like my time working for the department. It has its moments. Uh, most of it's good. The people you work with are absolutely amazing. Uh, they're family, but uh, there are issues within as far as regulations and so on and so forth. It's it's interesting. Yeah, it is. What did you think about the pay? Uh, pay's actually pretty good. Yeah, I thought the pay was pretty good. Uh, it's and honestly, with the amount of overtime you gotta put in, pay's really, really good. <laughs> you did, <laughs> but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be opposed to you know um, adding more to the pay. No, no. Yeah, there's definitely talk about it right now, especially with um, staffing being the way it is. Yes, uh, kind of that whole uh, toss-up to try and get people to come in. Um, with more pay coming in, people would probably be more than willing to stay versus bailing out and going to county. Now, recently, uh, you you kind of had a little fallout with the department. You know, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Uh, I did get terminated, and I will admit, I do have a slight past history of you know refusal, mandatory things like that. Um, the reason why I got fired was abandonment of post uh, without relief, even though I did prove that I was relieved properly. So, but uh, no, other than that, it's. I mean, I, I'm not real happy about the way I got fired, but uh, you can't stop what's going to happen. So Right, but, you know, it's like abandoning posts, especially at NSP. I mean, you were hardly the only one that did that. No, no. I mean, that's pretty common practice. Um, <laughs> as far as abandoning posts, yeah. Um, uh, a lot of it kind of comes from the whole, you know, people are burnt out. They've been doing a lot of 16s. I can't say, you know, I've done my fair share. But for the most part, a lot of people just say no because they're tired of it. They don't want to do it anymore. It's it's that burnout and there's a depression that comes with it. And just there's a lot of side effects that don't show up like on the job per se. Right. So it's kind of hard to explain for the most part. I mean, it's that lack of being able to get up in the morning and want to roll into the job and being happy and, you know, being able to do your job appropriately without, you know, kind of losing, losing your temper, if you will, because you're just so tired, you can't help it. Right. Yeah, definitely many times. I definitely thought that I thought burnout came pretty quick. I mean, there's one way how to burn out people and one way definitely is the mandatory overtime. Absolutely. Um, how many? So when you were working mandatory overtime, how many days were you working in a row, though? Uh, actually, before I kind of said I had enough of this and this is back when I first started. So it was actually... I'll admit it was a little bit worse when I first started, and it was almost a five-day-a-week thing. It did... Holy crap. Yeah, it, it did kind of cut back after a little bit, 
but um, it's it was still about three to four days a week on average if you were lucky. And that was in a row. Uh, sometimes. So, yeah. so you're working sixteen hours, three days in a row. Yeah. So you're averaging what eight out eight hours if if say if you if you went home and you got home you were you were averaging anywhere from six to seven hours of sleep. I mean, if if you went home and went straight to bed, which most of us know we can't do. Um, If you factored in, uh, mine's a slightly different case because I did live approximately about an hour, 15 minutes away. See, that makes a a huge difference. Yeah, so you get home, you do your wind-down thing, which takes about an hour. You you try and get food because you probably haven't eaten most of the day because you've been running. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, by the time you know it, you're down to... Like four hours, three, four hours of sleep before yeah, exactly. you get up and roll and back. And do another 16 hours. Yeah, and then you do another 16 and just keep cruising. Uh, that's that's absolutely insane. And to think that anybody could do that without without any kind of uh, back... I don't want to use the term backlash because that's not exactly the right term. But with any kind of uh, uh, um, like bad results from that. I mean, you're fatigued. How, 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 how do they expect you to do your job to the best of your ability without, without any kind of fault or you know, operating on four hours of sleep, especially dealing with inmates. And for anybody who doesn't have any uh, experience in corrections, like that's like, you got to be on, on the top of your game hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Um, and I just, I can't imagine doing that on four hours of sleep. There's just no way. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. There are other facilities probably elsewhere. That's probably a little bit more dangerous than ours. Uh, I'm, I've met inmates from other places. Ours is, you know, not tame, don't get me wrong, but in all honesty, you still got to stay on point. You can't you can't be nodding off, you know, and when you're working that many hours that that close together so often without that break, without that, you know, cuz we don't get lunch breaks. Once you go in, you're 16, you're 16, you're done. Like you got to do it. You can't they won't hardly ever let you like you can't leave the facility once you're in the facility you're in the facility so so if you, so you guys don't get lunch breaks no no yeah so, you, you get moments where of downtime count times things like that where yeah but you can stop and eat but so it's is there is there depending is, on where you're at so i guess what i'm trying to what i'm trying to get at is isn't there isn't by Nebraska state labor laws? Aren't like every you, eight hours, you're yeah, supposed. To, that's yeah. actually aren't a federal you, law. But I was gonna say, yeah. Aren't you supposed? Aren't you required to have so uh, many hours of? The, the state obviously bypasses that, but yeah, there with are most jobs, jobs. With most jobs, you have to have you know with an eight yeah. hour, you need to have like a thirty minute break. Is usually how it yeah, goes. But that's not. I mean, like that's ridiculous to think that you can work. Eight hours or 16 hours without a break. No, and actually, if you read the labor laws, they do make exceptions for specific types of jobs. Fast food's one. Um, They do say that you're supposed to have a 30-minute break, but depending on, you know, if you're in the middle of a food rush and your break comes up right then, you know, due to time, if you're in the middle of a food rush, they can actually kind of bend the rules to ensure that service is, you know, there. Um, state jobs such as that, especially with something as like high security and, you know, yeah. where you got to be on like there all the time yeah. without hundred percent. Yeah. They, they factor in for the fact that there are downtimes like count time, which for people who are working specific areas, yeah, they get that moment to like sit down and eat. And I'm not saying you don't get dead spots, but yeah. Honestly, even the dead spots can be killed with just a simple emergency response call to somebody, you know, doing drugs. Yeah, exactly. 
sucking down the K2. So yeah. uh, so I'm gonna, I'm going to I'm going to throw this out there real quick. Um obviously if you're watching live on YouTube right now, you can't see me. Um unfortunately our equipment doesn't provide that, but He's that's right all, there. That's all right. Yeah. I'm over here off the, off off the screen. Yeah. Um so Sober October is officially ended today. So you'll see us drinking some beers. We're we're celebrating. It's not, um, it's, not, it's juice for me, my friend. But uh it's it's crazy to think that that uh that you guys don't don't get that allotted break time and i get it i when i worked in the grocery in the grocery department or the grocery industry it was kind of the same way you'd get your rushes specifically times of, you know certain times of yeah. the day and so like obviously people we try not schedule breaks or lunches during that time of the day but it's it's still thing it's still crazy thing that you guys don't have enough staff that can cover somebody even for a 15 minute break yeah you know yeah. long enough for you to like you know excuse my french but use the bathroom you know, go take yeah. a piss or, or whatever you got to do, you know, or even just go smoke a cigarette. Like, like you guys, you guys deserve that time, especially dealing with, with, with what you guys, with, with what, in, with what uh, corrections officers deal with. I mean, that, that's a huge burden on you guys. Like not, not yeah. only physically, but just mentally in general. Like I can't imagine that them not allowing you to have that time. And that's why I always say it takes a special breed of idiot to do our job. <laughs> I wouldn't that's, say a special breed of idiot, but I'm just saying like, like definitely it takes a special individual or a special mindset to do that job. It does. Um, I did corrections in the military and, unfor- and unfortunately for me, I didn't get much time actually dealing with inmates, yeah. but just the training alone was, was stressful enough and I can't imagine doing it full time. Um, it has it's moments. It does. Yeah. It and, and, and that's huge for like, God, man, it's to think that that our prison system is so big and even now we struggle with it you know with the amount of criminals that we have that are in prison and the fact that they say we're, we're so short on prison space it's it's crazy to think that we don't have enough people that can fill those spots that are willing to do that job and yet here you guys are you know struggling and still and still putting up the fight yeah. no you know? that's kind of what i want to talk about today i mean i can't speak for every facility in the department but um, if you've ever worked at NSP, I mean, NSP is just, it's poorly laid out. And it's got a lot of problems that um, I kind of want to talk about here today. <laughs> I mean, one thing that you and me both noticed was definitely the favoritism that went uh, on. Especially, yes. I mean, with admin staff. But, like, uh, we, we interacted with lieutenants and sergeants every day. And yeah. you would definitely see, you definitely knew, even as an outsider, if you went in, you could tell who the, uh, f- who the golden child is. Yeah, and- but that's everywhere you go. Kind of. I mean, but on this level, especially with what you're dealing with, yeah. the consequences are much higher. Oh, absolutely. You know, it brings down morale uh, really significantly. Quicker burnout of specific people just because they're constantly the ones having to carry the weight for oh, yeah. each day. You know, it's like they're the ones that have to run and do everything every day while you get somebody that just kind of hides out in a housing unit all day. And yeah, it doesn't really ever hear their name on the And radio. doesn't really do much, but yeah, now, yeah they're, 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 they're. <laughs> talked about very highly i don't know about you but my first time because i used to drive by the nebraska state penitentiary all the time when i was a kid and i you know i'd see the towers i'd see the barbed wire fence and i was like you know this place looks like a real prison when i ojt'd and i walked through turnkey i remember looking out on the yard and i was like what the fuck is this (laughs) (laughs) i see this building with a one on it this building with a two okay well those are the housing units and then we walked in a housing unit and i was like Again, I was just like, "What? What the fuck is this?" It, it definitely changes your view from you know all all the movies and TV shows you grew <laughs> up with. Oh well, yeah, well, like, well, like if like you ever been to Tecumseh or LCC? When I walked in these facilities, I mean, it felt like prison. Now you I mean, actually it, would know better than I would. I never no, it, really it, go to it looks places. like prison. I mean, LCC is like a big circle. 
I mean, it's I mean, and the yard is right in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's just a better setup. I mean, NSP Leavenworth was the same way. Yeah, yeah. Leavenworth. If you look at it on uh, Google Maps, yeah, it looks like a prison. The yard. It looks like a really good setup. When you look at NSP, it literally looks like somebody just puked out on a pile, you know, like <laughs> like <laughs> on a plate. I mean, there's so many fences. It's like it's the, terrible. The floor plan's terrible. That's... It's got awful for emergencies. Uh, okay, so... a lot of blind blind corners, if you will, things like that, and. I know they were trying to rectify the situation. They have added more cameras and different housing units, things like that. And they're they're trying to step up the game a little bit, but it's really hard to do when you're operating with uh, buildings and whatnot that are they're old. I mean, yeah. the place has been there what since the 1800s. So I mean, it started out as a barn for crying out loud. Hey, you know, you know, it's kind of, it's it's, but it comes back to that fact of like how many people we have in the prison system and how how we're show we're so short on space. It seems. That you know they're willing to make a prison out of a out of a barn, you know. Yeah. It well, I mean, what else are you gonna get in Nebraska? But I mean, yeah, right. At the end of the day, like, are we are we hurting that bad that we really have to resort to, to to small amount of spaces? And do you think, like, in your opinion, do you think that the floor plan that the prison is laid that a prison, not just the prison, but a prison is laid out in? You think that that really affects the way that the prison operates? To I a certain do. degree, yeah. I definitely do. Yeah. Because, I mean, to lay out something, that that's how you first, that, that's like the first um, rule of control is layout. I yeah. mean, positioning. And with NSP, I mean, with uh, the cameras there, there's so many blind spots. Yeah. I mean, there's fights that go unnoticed, and it's not even till like, a kite gets sent in that yeah. we know that a fight took place. And it's like in, in a prison, you, know, you or can't somebody be. Somebody knows his blood on the floor. Yeah, nice. you know, it's got to be stuff like that, or maybe mm-hmm. somebody was watching, you know, old camera footage. But like, yeah, there was a lot of that when I was working there. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's that just hasn't it's changed. No, so, it's not. It's probably not going to change. You know, so, there's there's probably mm-hmm. staff there now that there could be a fight going on right in front of them, and they would never even make the radio call. That's, that's I mean, that's crazy. what you get when you hire 18, 19 year olds. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. They don't want to get involved in, in in something I've noticed just just in that injury today is the lack of wanting to deal with confrontation. And you can't go into you can't go into a career field of corrections and not in, in, in fear confrontation. Like confrontation's gonna happen. It's prison. A right? lot of that actually comes with the training too though. I mean I honestly they try and let you know ahead of time that that's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But they're I'm not sure if the training's changed since I mean in like the two and a half years since I've been in but overall, it just, I don't know, it, with the staff shortage, the training's getting worse within within mm-hmm. any facility. I mean, you're looking at people who have only been on the job for a week who honestly do not know what they're doing. Yeah. And they're training new people coming in on, you know, an OJT, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, on a training day. Yeah. And you can't have that. It, it does not go well. And eventually there ends up becoming this real disconnect between what needs to be done as far as safety and security go and, you know, what ends up happening, which, you know, you end up starting to get, you know, inmates that hurt each other or, you know, go after staff because they get pissed off, things like that. Yeah. It's, it, training definitely needs to get a swift kick in the ass, if you will. So, yeah. so me and Josh used the term fear mongering before, um, in, in in a couple episodes. Do you think that the that the training, like, so when these, so so when your recruits are going through training, I don't know what you guys call them, but I, I'm I'm gonna use the term recruits. But when your recruits go through training, do you think that that they're literally taught, you know, when, when they talk about past deals, 
and, and things that happen. Do you think that they deal with the fact of like they're they're just so scared when they get into that job that they just don't know how to handle it? No, mm. I I do not think that's what it is. Honestly, I just I just think you know it's hard because like for the state they we go through STA before you go to facility. It's just like a central training center, and then you go to your facility. But in all honesty, you know, like when you look at like county jails, a lot of them will just do it in house, and I honestly think that. Um, the state should adopt that. Most, uh, you, most training is specific to one facility. Yeah. And so they're just confused. It's not that they're scared. It's not that they're seeing so much horror in front of them. It's just that they're confused. They just don't know how to handle it. They don't know how to handle it. Uh, one thing that they did when I was hired on in 2013, we had to go through, uh, like it was like a physical test. Yeah. And it was this, it was, it was pretty fucking lame to be honest like you had to just be you had to be on you had to be on one knee for four minutes and you had to like press on this little device mm-hmm. uh for for your thumb pressure and then you oh, like yeah, had, to, you had to yeah you, you had to carry like a certain <laughs> amount of weight i think the most difficult thing was you had to walk a mile you had to walk like a mile and you had like 30 minutes you, you had a lot of what time to fuck? do it right well people were failing this how and <laughs> the, the average person the average person walks a mile in 15 minutes oh god dude when i was the hired on right, when i was hired on you know i was a 20 year old alcoholic and i was smoking cigarettes and i passed this shit no problem but yeah people were failing and they were ineligible for hire so they dropped that and also you know they didn't want to spend the money but that wasn't it it was because it was you know making people ineligible so anyway the point is during training you know because you had to prove the whole point of the one knee thing was that you had to prove that you could get on one knee to put on you know the the leg uh, restraints on an inmate well they had people that couldn't do that without laying on their stomach and what? yeah, and if you've ever been around, you know, maximum security inmates, yeah, that's just a horrible idea. Yeah, I absolutely. mean, to be on your stomach to put on yeah, restraints. Yeah, I could see that going. South. Why? So the, the caliber of staff went down dramatically in my time Why there. Why the fuck would you lay on your stomach to put on leg restraints? I'm because so your gut's in the way, apparently, and there's too much, <laughs> too much. Like <laughs> that's the only that, like, that's the only thing I can so, think of. So when I was in when I was in corrections training, we did four cell moves. You know what four cell moves are, right? Yeah, okay, of course. Okay, so Been on a couple. So how how fast how fast you got to put leg restraints on? Uh, honestly, when you got five guys holding somebody down. It's... Yeah. I mean, yeah, you don't really got a time limit, right? But you're definitely not on your fucking stomach. They even taught, so they taught us. Depends on who it is. Yeah, depends. <laughs> hey, no. So they taught us. They taught us not to even, like, like actually rest on a knee. They told us to squat. Yeah. Because at least you could catch your balance if you got kicked. Right? Uh, well, it just depends. Uh, honestly, you would do better being on one knee versus squatting. So it's, it's kind of crazy to think that, like, that, that, that people were laying on their stomach to put on leg shackles. It's just kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> I just... I, that, no. That, that's almost mind-blowing to me, to be honest with you. I just... Yeah, I, they don't do that anymore. No. I know they, when I came in, that, so, that it was all So, gone. I kind of want to shift gears here. So, with both of you guys, you know, being being state, you know, corrections for Nebraska, what is the care like for inmates? Like, 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 what is... Sweet and gentle. You want to no, take the reins on this, or like, I? like I really, I really want to know because, like, so, so in the military, in the, at least in the army, they teach us the, the the three C's: care, custody, and control. And care being the first one, I'm I'm really curious to find out on the like necessarily the civilian side what what care is like for inmates. I can kind of speak for a lot of people when I say we kind of run on the thought that you know the recidivism rate is kind of a shining example of this. 
As far as we're, a lot of us are concerned, why it's one of those situations where we are literally treating them to a point where they want to come back anyways. And we firmly believe that maybe, you know, if we didn't treat them so damn nice, they wouldn't want to come the fuck back on a regular. I mean, we got people in there on like their third, fourth, fifth fucking number. It's, they've done it a few times. And honestly, every time they come back, it's a little bit better for them. You know, it's... Uh, they're getting Xboxes and, you know, TVs and all kinds of stuff that, you know, before that they didn't have. But due to rules and regulations and things like that and, you know, lawsuits that kind of went through that, in my mm-hmm. opinion, shouldn't have. Uh, they end up getting a lot of things that, in all honesty, yeah, depending on what's what kind of inmate population you're looking at. I mean, minimum security, I can understand. I can handle it. Once you start getting into the medium max, there needs to be a different sort of precedent set. Yeah. Because in all honesty, it's literally, I mean, I do believe what we're medium max, NSP was medium Mm -hmm. max facility. It's supposed to be medium max minimum. Yeah. And the minimum is pretty much the general rule for everywhere. So, so hold on. Uh, let me lay this out in terms for the for our viewers that are watching, obviously, Facebook Live. Uh, thanks for everybody tuning in. Jasmine, hello. Jorinus, hello. Mike, hello. Uh, everybody else, um, awesome that you guys are tuning in. But, so you're telling me that these guys are sitting in prison, or they have a roof over their head, three meals a day, and they get to play Xbox all day? Uh, depending on how good the the gallery is for the, well, well for shit, that dude, sign me up. Like, well, let me holy t- crap! Like, <laughs> well, let me, let me like tell pr- you this. Even better, <clears throat> if you assault a staff member, you can go to SEG and you can get a TV. What? Yeah, you can get a TV. Yeah, so, also, so, so I can lay in my bed all day and watch TV. You can lay in your bed in a room wow. to yourself holy, with TV. You don't have to share with crap. anybody. How do you how do you get how, how do you get into this? Oh, just I mean, just assault the staff or get in a fight with another inmate or you know wow, something yeah, yeah. get caught with it's a weapon. It's ridiculous to think that people that have literally probably committed some of the heinous most heinous crimes in 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 the United States are literally treated better than some of the homeless people that yeah. we have on the streets right now. Yeah. Well, let me tell you this. I mean, you get a state like California, and in politics, California is a very liberal state. But their prison system is run with much more of an iron fist. I mean, the qualifications for to become a correctional officer in California is much higher than they are in the state of Nebraska. Now, you Nebraska, actually have to be physically fit. You actually got to yeah, somewhat <laughs> be physically fit. It's basically, yeah, uh, it's law enforcement. You are law enforcement certified. Well, yeah, exactly. But see, here in Nebraska, stereotypically, you think Nebraska is a very conservative red state. Yeah. But we treat, our prison system is very liberal, and specifically at NSP. Now, I've heard at like Tecumseh and LCC, these facilities uh, run a little bit more smooth and a little bit... Uh, more iron fist but nsp specifically is a very very liberal facility i mean really well i'll tell you this when an inmate gets called to holding inmates nowadays a lot of them feel very comfortable refusing to cuff up really yes this was something that was going on see when Mm. i started that was very taboo it happened but there was very specific you know like you you basically kicked that inmate's ass if they refused to cuff up that's resisting arrest well yeah you you sprayed them you did what you had to and you were backed up yeah because you didn't do that now you have staff trying to cuff up an inmate and an inmate will you know tell fuck you like i will like i'm gonna assault you you know if you try if you spray me 
and you'll have like a higher up, a lieutenant that'll come and basically, you know, take well, that main yeah, side. You know, no, yeah, yeah, go ahead. We'll, we'll walk you up there. You don't have to cuff up. You know, I've wow. seen that. That's happened multiple times. Wow. Did you ever witness anything like that? No, too many times. To yeah, exactly. I, and it is one of those situations. That we are taught to try and defuse a situation by talking it out. Which yeah, absolutely. I understand. There is a time and a place, and there are times where it has actually worked out for the better. Um, but in certain cases, when you have re- there are points where t- you got to realize that talking is done. There's no... Yeah. Re- why are you going to sit here and spend two hours doing this one thing just to save you two hours of paperwork kind of deal? Yeah. Because right? a lot of that that gets handed down and the reason why, and I've heard it said a couple times, it's like, well, you know, you just said we saved you this amount of paperwork. And in all honesty, as far as the use of force is concerned, I'm willing to do the paperwork. Right. Like, <laughs> it's depending on the situation. Now, let me ask you this, because this was implemented after I quit, but... um the if you have an inmate up in holding who's given staff problems you know is threatening uh staff what do you have to do now you have to get their peer leader what's it called yeah yeah peer mentor i think it is peer mentor something along those lines so so going to so so tell us about that what Uh, what does that entail so a peer mentor for these guys is usually somebody that uh, they go up and they talk to these guys and kind of bring them down try and bring them around to kind of like our way of thinking i guess if you want to call it that okay um, there, so is this another inmate or is it, it's usually another inmate. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we have nothing to do with that. Their peer mentors are handpicked or whatever. Um, I never really looked, delved into the program per se, but, uh, it is a situation where at some point the Institute, this new policy, if we are having issues with inmates within a cell, whether it be in the holding tank or if it's in a housing unit, uh, now instead of actually, you know, just resorting to, well, if you're not going to follow a directive and you're not, you know, if you're refusing to do- follow the rules for all intents and purposes, then now we actually have to go get one of their peer mentors and have them talk to them. And then we move on from there. So you guys don't go straight into four cells. No, no not anymore. anymore. Wow. But to me, that's just basically like putting, you know, that's like handing the power, more power over to the inmate population. No, you're, you're hundred percent correct. Like at least the way we were trained in the military, if, if they refuse Man, you, you you call a four cell team. They're coming in. They're 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 gonna take you. Oh, exactly. And, and that's exactly and that's how the way it, goes. it used to be. And that's the way it needs to be. Yeah. Because honestly, if you like, are we technically really running the prison systems if we if we operate by these rules? Honestly, or are the it, inmates running the prison? Systems? It's almost getting to a point now where you know it, a lot of people will legitimately tell you it's like, what are we even here for? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like all we need is somebody to you know. Yeah, honestly, we just need somebody to watch the main door. No, that way you, they don't come and go. No, you need you need a target for a segged inmate to throw shit on. Uh, yeah, yeah, essentially, much. like like that's kind of what it sounds like. I, I didn't uh, I didn't realize it was this bad. Oh, but believe me, when I started working at NSP, it it wasn't that bad. I mean, it was still, you know, not like uh not like what I was expecting, but um, it just got worse after the 2015 Tecumseh riot. I noticed uh, a big change in policies and a big exodus of really uh, good staff. And Oddly they just, enough, due to the policy, yeah, I was say exactly. Like, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you can see a part of it, but yeah, after 2015, things really changed in that department, and not for the better. It went on a very downward spiral, yeah. especially for NSP. But yeah, it's just. 
it's not a good situation over there. Well, and the loss of good staff. I mean, we we actually lost a really good one back in May. Uh, Sergeant David Boley. Yes. He rest in peace. Uh, and I heard from multiple people. This was after I left, but I heard from multiple people that the facility just like the whole energy of that facility just left. And yeah. after well, he was gone. And the thing is, is like, is realistically, is is when you walk into work, and Josh, you can, you can attest to this where we work now. The, the attitude that you walk in with on Monday sets the tone for the whole week. And realistically, it's, it's, it's that way anywhere you go. Well, unfortunately with corrections, it's not a whole week thing. You literally got to try and set that tone every damn day. Yep. And yeah. we, we had staff that did that. Uh, and I'm not going to name all like names. We will mention Bully. Unfortunately, he passed. And he was kind of one of the glues that binded everybody together. Well, um, and when you lose somebody like that, it's huge. Uh, it hurt. Uh, it's, his is one of the few that, you know, he's a man that I deeply respected. Yeah. And a, pretty much everybody that ever met him did. And the thing is, is he is one of a few that were there. We've had uh, a few good people quit. Yeah. Um, we've had some third shift lieutenants quit that were absolutely phenomenal um uh, it's uh we've we've lost a lot of good people that were really good with training knew how to talk you know yeah well respected by inmates and staff alike so let me ask you this there's been posts and i'm sure you guys can can attest to this but there's been posts on social media that the that corrections is hiring right now with a ten thousand dollar signing bonus yeah what is your opinion on that it's stupid well it's desperate Whenever you see yeah. a, whenever you see a company with a hiring bonus, uh, it usually means that they have a hard time keeping staff. And for a while, they were doing like a three thousand uh, dollar yeah. hiring bonus. Yeah. But when you jump it to ten thousand, that just says desperate. Now, to yeah, the don't t- remember, t- it's going to get spread over three years, though. Yeah, that's the other part I was going to move into. Usually, bonuses it is not upfront. Yeah, exactly. because that would be very foolish of the ours company. Wasn't. No, no, no. Um, but. Yeah, ten thousand dollars is obviously a lot of money, and it's oh, gonna yeah. it's gonna be spread over three years. Yeah, what they're banking on is that most people aren't gonna stay for three years. They're gonna stay maybe one or two, and you know that'll give them some more time to fix this problem, not get so much pressure from the legislators, and you know the lawmakers. But you know, ten thousand dollars. You know, it sounds great. You yeah, know, yeah, if I'm exactly. offering you ten thousand dollars, it sounds great. Yeah, but it's not. It's it's a it's a complete. And honestly, over the course of three years, that's literally just a drop in the bucket. It really compared is. To, like the bills. You you'll you'll have. yeah so, y'all end up making that so, with overtime. So for all of all of our viewers that are watching right now on Facebook, just think about this. Um, these are people. These are two guys that that post. Obviously, you guys can't see me. Here's my hands. Whatever. I'm out of the. I'm out of the frame. Whatever. But these are guys that that have been there. They've worked it. They're telling you it's not worth it. Um, I'm not gonna say it's not worth it. Um, honestly, the people you meet there, uh, it is a family. Well, it, I, legitimately, yeah. Uh, that it's, I have met friends that will be friends for life. Oh, I, I believe it. Um, it's, it's that whole mud, blood, and tears. Kind of like the military yeah, camaraderie. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Actually, tighter knit. I mean, I've done both. And yeah. in all honesty, I mean, depending on what, what kind of company you're with or what kind of unit you're with, what have you. Yeah. Uh, it's We're a tight knit group. I mean, and I think that's a part of the problem that they have with a lot of staff. Because yeah. Because as far as frontline staff go, you know, 
with everything that's been going on, we're a lot of people have been getting tighter and tighter knit because it, well, you have to, especially yeah, in this kind of job field. It's literally starting to become an us against them, but it's literally not us against the inmates. It's us against admin and inmates. I exactly, mean, we're caught in the middle, and it's a horrible fucking. <laughs> no, I, I I agree a hundred percent, especially when you're dealing with with admin issues. Like yeah, that's yeah. just that's that's not good any way you look at it. And I'll add this that I I met some very yeah some people that'll be my best buddies for life working in corrections but i uh ultimately why i had to leave even both times that i did because for those of you who don't know i did leave two times this time's for good especially with this this is this is my permanent <laughs> resignation <laughs> but <laughs> but anyway um i, I met a lot of fucking scumbags that they hired because they got mm -hmm. so desperate they needed to hire anybody and everybody yeah and we i couldn't trust a lot of my staff there was so many dirty staff well in corrections you have to trust your you, you have, have you have to know that that the guy that that the other guard on mm -hmm. shift it has your back yeah and it, well and that's the thing because like when i first started the first year i think maybe two at max between 2017 2018 and then shit started kind of going downhill and we yeah. started having staffing problems and they started bringing in pretty much anybody they can get their hands on. Yep. And literally between 2018 and 2019, all of a sudden it's like, like it's every started, week. Yeah. It was like, like at week. first it was like one every couple months. And then by the end of the year is like one every other week or so. So you at constantly had felt new, like she constantly <laughs> had turnover. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Now, turnover is ridiculous. Now 2017, there was a big one, and you probably know who I'm referring to. I'm yes. not going to say his name. Yes. This guy was very close. He was part of the group. I mean, he, this guy was very close to all of us. Uh, most of us liked him. and uh, He's a good friend to a lot of people. Yeah, when we found out that he was bringing in, basically, like he was like the cartel of K2 at, at the time. He was bringing wow. in a lot of K2. Holy shit, Getting dude. paid some pretty good money. Yeah. And when, he, when we found out about that, I mean, it was... Is pretty much like, well, who can we trust at this point? Yeah, exactly. And so a new staff coming in who's going to be dirty. I mean, it's like they, they don't stand a chance. A lot of new staff come in and they wonder why they get treated the way they do. Yeah. Uh, a big part of it is we don't know if we can trust you. Well, and if you're coming in, I mean, hell, they literally just had somebody get walked out. She's on OJT. And she is already starting to bring shit in. And I'm going to wow. mention this. Or just off of So OJT, that was one of the things when they mentioned it, AIT. Yeah. Like, or uh, advanced initial training, whatever. What, for corrections, was that 90% of the contraband that's found in a, in a uh, prison setting is brought in by the guards. Yep. And, and that blew my fucking mind. Well, and I'll tell you this at NSP. This sounds sexist and terrible, but most of the dirty staff were females. Young females, and I'll tell you this, as a young female correctional officer, if I see you talking to an inmate and you look down at your feet and you giggle, at that moment, I've lost all trust in you. Wow. That, eh, it's that, true. No, 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 100%. I mean, like, this is more your guys's. You guys dealt with it on the civilian side. I've dealt with it on the military side. Hmm. But you guys seeing it from a whole, like, like this is surprising to me because, I don't know, when I toured Leavenworth, I was, I was surprised because the inmates were so well-behaved. Yeah. Except for the shoe, the the segregated housing unit, but no, they become a bunch of window warriors and say exactly everywhere. Exactly. But it's just it's crazy to hear all this because like this, like like for our viewers, this is not something that's occurring just in Nebraska. This 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 is 
oh, it's nationwide. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, most most states are struggling in their If you talk to anybody in corrections, no matter what state they're in or no matter where they're at, I guarantee you they have a story that's somewhat similar to the ones that we're talking about Oh, right you now. can actually see it on Facebook a lot of the time. I mean, if you're in the right kind of, like, uh, on the right kind of pages, you know, in the groups, there are moments, like, you'll literally get, at least once or twice a week, it'll be like, you know, this ring just got busted, and it's like seven people, and they're all corrections. And it's, it's they're crazy all bringing shit in. It, and yeah, exactly. With the it's, it's crazy, and it doesn't matter what state it is. It's every correctional so, facility. I'm it's, not. I'm not going to name any names, but I know a guy that uh that worked. I don't remember which facility he worked in, but he actually got he he got fired because he brought a phone in just to listen to music, but he got yeah. caught on camera listening to music on his phone. Yeah. And they fired him for it. Yeah. And so that goes to tell you that it's that literally that strict of a policy. So when you get caught bringing shit into a facility. That's a huge, huge, like, like, like mark on who you are as an individual, even if it's not even for, for the inmates, but just for yourself. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, they literally tell you time and time and time again. It's almost an everyday. It's part of the, yeah. the roll call briefing it's like a when religion, you walk in the door. Like Josh yeah. speaks. It, it, you know, don't be dumb. Don't bring shit in. Double check yourself before you walk in. Yeah, exactly. there are accidents and they do happen. Uh, you know, somebody tosses their can of dip in their po- side pocket and they forget that they have it there. Or, you know, yeah, you went and have a pack of cigarettes and you don't realize yeah, exactly. you stuck it in that side pocket. Yeah, and it happens. You. It happens. And in all honesty, I mean, I can understand like a once every six, seven months sort of deal. Yeah. But, I mean, if you're caught with a brand new pack of cigarettes, like, every hour, like, every couple days, it's like... <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're, you're a dumbass. You need to go home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you would be surprised with how many drugs and how many cell phones flood uh, the state pen. Oh, no, I uh, believe it. The, I, I mean, people believe it, but, like... When when I was there, I mean, it, it was a big deal. If you found a cell phone, I mean, you it was a pretty big deal. Yeah. But for a while, it got there like it became pretty much like a rite of passage. Like if you didn't find a cell phone, you weren't looking. Yeah. yeah exactly. I mean, there'd be cell phones just like sitting out in the yard, and staff would just walk right by them. They wouldn't even see them, and then some sergeant would come by and pick it up, and then at roll call, like. What what the fuck guys? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, cell phone or K two? Like K two is literally just one of those things. Like so, it just it's there. And well, it's funny because like I remember me and Josh talked about this at one point on one episode. I remember it, maybe it was the 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 drug episode we talked about. Mm-hmm. And Josh mentioned K two. I had no idea what K two was. Well, go, go work at the department. Marijuana. Yeah, go and, work at the and, department. You'll see it every day. Explained it to me. Yeah, I, you get high off. Like, I was surprised that like. Um, exactly what it was, but it's, it's, it's crazy to think now, now K2, is that brought in by, by obviously guards? Like, is that, it's either brought in or it's thrown over the fence. Uh, This is another thing with the poor camera angles. There's a lot of packages that get thrown over the fence at NSP and you know, sometimes we catch them. Sometimes we don't. It's just, it is what it is. Most of the time they are. Most of the time they are, but they're definitely as packages. I would guarantee that don't get caught. Okay. So I don't know anything about this, but visitation, how does visitation work? Oh God. Full con, full (laughs) contact. I'm really curious. See, and, and in my opinion, Visitation should be like how it's done in the jails. I mean, on a screen, through a phone, contact visit is like, to me, in a state prison should be earned. Yeah. Well, at at NSP, it's all contact. 
Really? It doesn't need to be earned. Even with our said guys. Uh, they they're, what? Allowed, they're, they're allowed to hug their significant yeah, others. Yeah, they're allowed to out the door. Give them a oh quick kiss. Gosh. Yeah, they're allowed to take the the bag of weed out of their asshole right in there and yeah, hand, it over, hand it oh over to their... Oh, my God, yeah. dude. And, oh. and you just have to hope the person's watching the camera closely. And, and, the, and, and it... Oh, man. And it... Oh. Yeah, dude, if you mm-hmm. went in the state pen, I mean, you would, you would puke. You'd be like, what the hell? That's insane. And I'll tell you, inmates at NSP, they felt very comfortable coming up and approaching staff to basically bring something in for them. It's happened to me I, at least twice. Exactly, you know. Oh, my God. I had to write incident reports a lot because inmates just felt that comfortable to come up to me and ask, hey, man, you know, how much How much for this? And, like, you know, fuck. Oh, man, that's but insane. I can't even. It's like, the entitlement. The other thing that she would puke on is the entitlement of a lot of our inmates. Well, yeah. They're incredibly entitled because they can be because the state has given in to them a lot. And specifically, a lot of administration mm-hmm. has. I mean, uh, you've definitely seen that. I know you have, Mike. Oh yeah. I mean, if they <sighs> if they don't get their TV, the they will literally throw a temper tantrum until they do. Where are they? Four insect. years old or what? Huh? Yeah, pretty much. I've seen some grown ass men literally <laughs> act like five year olds. And we we could talk about we could talk about the the the, the way that TV's taking over this generation, but that, yeah, we'll say that well, for another episode. It, but. It's more like impulse control issues. And yeah. our job there is to help them realize that they have impulse control issues. Uh, because a lot of them guys are there because, you know, they wanted something, they went and took it and they weren't supposed to. Yeah, exactly. Now, the main goal is they're staying in prison. The main goal of this whole thing is to show them that, hey, because you're not getting something doesn't mean you have the right to go do whatever the fuck you please. Exactly. You are you must abide by a set of rules and regulations, and this is how this works. That's how yeah. real life works. Yep. It doesn't matter what you do. Unfortunately, we have a very strong run of... Okay, well, you're not getting your TV. Well, I, I then this is what's going to happen if I don't get my TV. Yep. Well, okay, we're not going to give you the TV. Well, this is what's going to happen. And then they do whatever they say they're going to, and there's no real repercussions. I mean, there are in some cases, depending on how bad it is. Just depends. Yeah, but for the most part, I mean, um, if they don't assault staff and, you know, um, uh, they don't set anything on fire, if they flood their gallery, okay, well, you just flood your gallery. We're still not going to give you the TV. Well, you know what? Here's your TV. Uh, it's, yeah, uh, that's pretty much how it really has gone. They, they give in to that? Oh, to, they give in to it to a point that, yeah, like I said, it would make you puke. Depending on who's on shift <laughs> at wow. the time. Right. <laughs> wow. Holy crap. That's the other thing I want to talk about, the poor leadership, specifically at NSP. I do think it runs uh, within the whole state, but I want to talk about NSP specifically. I, I've definitely seen cases where people were assisted in promotions. You know, they had other supervisors uh, yeah. basically give them a packet of all the answers and, you know, really push for this individual to, you know, make the promotion or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're not going to get the best leaders by doing that. No, absolutely not. And there are some leadership that, in all honesty, it, nobody's quite sure how exactly they got their position. Right. Um, well, it sucks when you're on your knees all the time. I mean, uh, well, yeah. there's a lieutenant at uh, NSP, and she was never even custody, from my understanding. She was actually in my uh, STA class. Okay. And now she's a lieutenant, and she was never even a custody staff. She was all always at central office. So, fun fact for you. So, h- how are you going to tell custody staff what to do when you've never really been a custody staff? So, 
I want to ask you both this, um, Josh, in your in your time at Corrections, and Mike also your time at Corrections. How many times have you? How and, and maybe it wasn't that many, but how many times did you see the same offender return after being released? Me personally, I couldn't tell you. Uh, it's there's so many that many or that less. Uh, it's just there's that many guys. I mean, wow. you remember faces. You remember. Well, yeah. yeah of course. Sometimes you remember names. Um, there are inmates in there that, you know what, they're there to do their time. They're model inmates. They're actually really good to work with Yeah. as far as, you know, you're trying to get shit done and they will actually go out of their way to be like, oh, hey, you know what? Yeah, you need this done. We'll go ahead and make sure it gets squared away. Not in the, you know, stabby, stabby, pokey, pokey kind of way, but uh-huh. it, along the lines of, you know, hey, we need to get locked down for this or we need to do this. Yeah. And it becomes a situation where, you know, you just, you do what you can. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, so when I worked in the grocery industry, we had, so for instance, I had, I had a guy arrested one night for shoplifting, literally three days out of prison and yeah. was on parole. And what he got arrested for literally ended him back in prison. Do you think that people rely on the system? Uh, Some do. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, is that even a question? Yeah. I mean, I mean, like realistically, but like you would think that after spending that much time in, you know, in in what you do, like, like you would think that that people would try and better themselves. But there are some inmates that that is legitimately what they are doing, um, and you can see it in the way they act and how they, you know, deal with COs in general and how they go about their daily routine of their day. Um, there are other ones that, yeah, that, you know damn well as soon as they walk out the door, they will be back at least within six months. Oh, there's guys that'll tell you they'll be back. Yeah, yeah. There's been a few that, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll see you in a few months. It's like, really? That's dude? crazy that, that it's almost like a goal for them. Like, Well, you get, I mean, granted, the meals ain't amazing. Not by any stretch no, of the imagination. But, I mean, but think about but it. You don't got to work. You got yeah. you got a roof over your head. You I get mean, three meals a day. Uh, and like I said, they're not the greatest fucking meals. But, and then they got canteen, which right. in all honesty, they get pretty much damn near everything you can get on the outside. That's so, what I'm saying. Like, well, like it's all, it's almost like, it's almost like vacation. It is. Kind of. Well, and the guys. I mean, you got to worry about your next door neighbor stabbing the shit out yes. of you. Yeah. That, 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 I mean, like, that's what I like. Like, that's, a, <laughs> that's the only thing you got to worry about. I don't know, man. That could be pretty stressful. But I was gonna say, yeah, the the inmates that do well are the guys who they ended up there because they were they did something stupid. They, they might got have busted, been in a bad spot, but bad time, they don't want to be in there. But like the gang members, the real troublemakers, these are the ones. And it's it just it felt like you know our department was really feeding into them. Yeah, like you know it's always the loudest, most obnoxious ones that got their way. Yeah, and when they fucked up, it seemed like they punished the whole inmate population. Yeah, and it's like it just seemed like you know the more it like encouraged you to be the most loud, obnoxious piece of shit inmate you could be. Which and that's which is point. shitty. Which, which yeah. really is shitty for you guys. Like obviously you guys not anymore, but as in, as, as people who deal with with these people on a daily basis, that that's a shitty situation. Like. I mean, you don't you don't want to deal with shitty with shitty inmates. You, you want to hear something? I mean, so to add on to what I just said, there was an inmate. Uh, uh, I'm not going to say his name, but he basically sparked the Tecumseh riot in 2015. He was the first one to assault a corporal on the yard, and that got all the other guys moving. Yeah, they dropped all those charges on him. He didn't get charged with nothing. What? I don't. I forget what the reasoning was, but it was a really. It was a technicality, and it was a complete bullshit reason. But the fact that, <laughs> yeah, they dropped the charges on this inmate, 
and so he will be jamming at his appropriate time. You know. Wow. Right. And it is one of those deals where it's kind of sad because there are shockingly some inmates that would prefer the old school way of doing. Things. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, we no, we were actually uh, dealing with one guy, and this is shit back not too long after I first started, and we were dealing with somebody who's you know he's having a day, if you will, <laughs> and uh, again, it, it was one of those situations. I literally had another inmate walk past me, heading to his cell, and yeah. he's all like. Why don't you guys just slam him? And it's like, we can't. Uh, we, there's nothing that we're allowed to do. And he's like, man, it's a sad state when you guys' hands are that tied. Mm-hmm. So that brings me to to my next question. Um, what are your guys' escalation of force? How does that work? And, and, and how could that best be improved based on your experiences while you were in correction? In all honesty... Um, it's, I, it's like it's like a presence. Yeah. The first, the first rule, the, the use of force continuum. Is that what you're asking about? Essentially. Yeah. So the like, use of force continuum is is always, and it's the same as law enforcement. It's always yeah. presence. Then it's like verbal. Yeah. It's like soft, empty hand, and no spray. Well, spray technically is soft, empty hand. Yeah. No, it and it, then you but, have hard, empty hand. Okay. So so yeah. so being in corrections, though, you're already dealing with people that law enforcement dealt with. Yeah. How could this better be improved, though? Like, in your opinion, how, you know, how in all honesty, I don't mind it. The only problem is we're not allowed to follow it on uh, a regular. How, what, what do you mean you're not allowed to follow it? Uh, it's, uh, we get to verbal, and then that's kind of where everybody gets it hung gets, up. It gets very messy after that, because there has been people who have sprayed, or there have been people who have used force, who skipped spray and actually used force, and they were disciplined or fired, you know? So because... Or vice versa. Uh, there are moments where, in all honesty, spray isn't... Spray shouldn't be used, mainly due to uh, just distance between you and the other person. Okay, so because like somebody that. wants to be an asshole, you can't... You can't take the steps necessary to to take care of this not individual? Anymore. No, not without... What? Having, it's, no, it gets very dicey, very... Yeah, uh, it, it becomes a question where they question so, you more than they do the inmate so about here's what the thing. happened. They've already been sentenced. They know what they got to do. If they don't fucking listen, take care of the fucking problem. Unfortunately, we're not allowed to do that. And, and that's bullshit. To a certain degree, I do understand where some of it comes into play. I do. And there there does need to be a section where you know there has to be some sort of verbal... ROE, basically. Yeah, yeah you got to talk to them and see what the hell's going on. Because there are a lot of cases... Yeah. You can solve it in about 10, 15 minutes just by talking to the yeah, guy. But... Which is cool. Whereas there are moments where, I mean, it does... It's a questionable thing. Yeah. And depending on what you do... And I'm not going to say that there aren't some bad eggs out there. Unfortunately, the news has shown that there are. Yeah. And we all catch a bad rap when we're trying to do something that, you know, is well within the realm of what we're supposed to be doing. But unfortunately, some dickhead decides to go and ruin <laughs> it for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Um, But to a certain degree, when it gets to a point where you can look at camera footage, see exactly what happened... It matches up with your paperwork, and you're still answering fifty some odd questions. Yeah, about what happened, and they are literally out to blame you for what happened. That's when the problem starts, and that's when morale starts going so, to shit. Let me ask you this: When okay, so when you guys go in and you guys do an investigation, do you guys not even necessarily investigation? So I know when in the military when we do force up, we guys MPI, which uh, is military police yeah. investigators that videotape this to make sure that everything goes the way it's supposed to go. 
Yeah. Do you guys have something similar? Yes, or? we do. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, well, depending on the situation, there are moments where uh, use of force, it, it's an unplanned use of force. Okay. Um, so, it spur of the moment. You okay. don't know what's going to happen until Exactly, exactly. So, so anything at, else that's planned, there is cameraman involved, all that. Okay, right. so it's, so at the end of the day, though, if they're if they're if they're resisting, they're fighting. They're they're doing whatever they need to do to prevent themselves from getting a you know cuffed or whatever. Are you guys really the ones that that they get in trouble when you guys got to use force? Depending on the situation, yeah, a lot of the times, yeah. How is that a thing? Because if, if if you have to do what you have to do to get your job accomplished, because unfortunately we've had a few too many people do the wrong thing. That and you know, like, like I said. Nebraska runs uh, their prison system very liberally. I mean, so if you really want to know, you're going to have to ask a senator and you're going to have to ask a lawmaker. And I'm going to tell you this. I bet you anything a lot of these lawmakers have never even been in a fist fight. Yeah. And, and my personal, <laughs> in, in, in my experience, these lawmakers or whoever writes uh, these, uh, you know, our use of force and, you know, tells us how we need to use it. They need to get in a fight with an inmate at least once. Yeah, just see what it's like. See what it's like because it's all it's all what do they call it Sunday morning quarterbacking. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. all it is. Like, well, why so, didn't you use this? Why didn't you? So do I'm gonna that? say this for all you guys. Obviously, that can't see me on our our, our Facebook live video. Um, if you are in the corrections department, my 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 hat tips to you guys for for doing what you do and and, and being able to accomplish your mission every day. Um, for those of you that have been in the in the industry, no longer are. Congrats to you guys for for realizing this shit and not dealing with it. And depending on how far this goes, I was thinking about going back, but I not, might not be able to after <laughs> You know this. what? It, you know, it shouldn't matter because realistically, our prison system is probably the most corrupt system in the country. I, I say I say right. that I say that with, with, with the aspect of like, okay, politicians are corrupt, whatever. But think about, like you guys said, how much shit gets brought into prisons. 90% of that's brought in by the guards, right? Yeah. So how corrupt is the prison system? Mm. Nah, man, it just it all depends on how you look at it. Yeah. There's a lot of low lives that get hired. So I'm, I'm saying like, 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 like you guys obviously have higher integrity. Right. You know, I try to think so. <laughs> yeah. You obviously, you speaks obviously, a lot. Dude. You don't like, know about this guy. <laughs> I mean, no, your integrity speaks a lot to who you are as an individual. But at the end of the day, we like, you guys have done, and obviously you guys are out of it now, but it comes down to the fact of like, like being fired or, or quitting for doing the right thing should never be an option. It Ever. Be. Should never be an option for doing the right thing. No. And that's the shitty part. And honestly, another reason why we get a lot of people uh, and fucking they try and stress it and try and stress it. And honestly, I don't think they do a good enough job with it. Uh, depression. Uh, yeah. it's, oh, I can't a, imagine. You guys deal with the with the world's worst. Yeah, it, it is a huge component of the job. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this, not not to interrupt you, Mike. I, oh, I no, apologize, but but at the end of the day, so people say that cops deal with the worst of society. They do. Honestly, I feel like corrections people deal with more of it because you guys deal with the shit every fucking day the the big difference between cops and corrections is is that yes we every almost every single guy that you're dealing with is is a career criminal or just yes. a criminal piece of yes, shit 100%. but 
you know, we know who they are. You know, when you're a police officer and you're out on the street and, you know, hats off to you, you know, beat cops, you know, you don't know uh, what kind of weapon this person has. Exactly. You don't even know who exactly. you're dealing yeah. with necessarily. Yeah. So that's what make that's the big difference between is that, you know, yes, we know we're dealing with a scumbag. We know who they are. We have yeah, exactly. we have a file on them. When you're an officer, you don't know. Exactly. And I, I know and I used to think of that the worst inmate that I could think of that we've had. I used to think, what was it like for the officer when they went and arrested them? Exactly. Oh, right. yeah. I, I think about that because, you know, this guy probably had a weapon, probably was in a bad mood. Yeah. And, you know, um, you know, hats off to that officer for making that arrest and going home. Yeah, considering most of the time we got to deal with these guys when they're in kind of a half-ass bad mood. And, exactly. Right. And, they, and you might have yeah. caught them on, like, that officer might have caught them on a yeah. really bad mood. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, and great, there are, actually, I've had a couple moments where I've come across police officers. I've been bullshitting with them, and they're like, dude, we respect you a lot. Like, don't get it, don't no, get no, it no, twisted. No, 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 like, like, police and, officers and corrections officers 100% have my, my respect as, as, as a civilian. It's just well, I'm not gonna lie. It was shocking to hear a police officer tell me like, "Dude, I respect you." Like that, the job you do is fucking miserable. Yeah, compared <laughs> to like, what they do. Yeah, like, I'm like, they deal dude, with them long enough to wow. get them to the jail, and you guys oh, deal, yeah. them, deal with them at, like every day after blushed. that. Like it's <laughs> it's almost nerve wracking to think that like to to deal with to, to think about what you guys deal with as you know just on an on an everyday basis like it, it wears on you and it does change you a lot um i think i kind of had a better better not so much a better change but i dealt with it better just yeah. because you know i did military for eight years and exactly that, and, and, and that changed your mindset in general. yeah you're yeah. you're used to that kind of but there are some people you know they're first coming in and a couple of these guys, this is their very first fucking yep. job, and it is an eye opener for them. Oh and yeah, it fucks them up. It yep. truly fucks them up. And again, that kind of falls into the depression end. And yep. among other things, you got you know our favorite thing to do. <laughs> it's yeah, on the downtime. Uh, absolutely, sober <laughs> October, everybody. Yeah. Yep. But uh, no, it's uh, it, a lot of people turn to drinking, and we have lost a few officers or corporals due to drug use. And I can kind of understand but why. Does that go? So would you say not to interrupt you, Mike? But um, I, I know I've done that a lot tonight, and I apologize. But I'm stick my finger in your nose. It's it's okay. <laughs> we'll we'll wait till after the podcast. Season, but, um, <laughs> would you say that 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 corrections also incorporate some form of PTSD as well? I mean, it can, but it depends on you know what you work, how, and you know. there's people that work corrections that will never deal with anything. Yeah, they never do. And then there's people on their very first day they're dealing with a staff assault. Yeah, I mean, so it's not it's not something that's universally dealt with by yeah. every single correctional officer. Yeah. So you know, it is what it is. Do you guys have some form of uh, of uh, God, um, some system in the in the. Uh, in the corrections industry, at least where you guys work, I know at least in the military, like some some institutions had the PAL system, the, the mental health kind of stuff. Well, this was, well, not necessarily that, but um, it was like so if you were being assaulted, if if you you carried like it was kind of like a device on your belt, mm. but if so if you got knocked to the ground, it would automatically alert somebody. Yeah, there's nothing like that at the state. Bank. Really? No, no. No. So if you guys are getting assaulted and you guys can't get to your radio to call, you're shit out of luck. You better you better hope somebody else is watching. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just the, the danger aspect, and it's part of but, being yeah, but in like, an old facility. 
I mean, but, it but it, it, there's technology out there that can assist you guys in what you do. And there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of county a lot of money. And, and there's <laughs> it there's, doesn't matter. Yeah, there's a lot of county jails that um, have uh, stuff like that, and that's one of the most interesting things that I thought because just recently, uh, Director Scott Frakes was being uh, questioned by some lawmakers, and uh, they one of them brought up the fact that they are basically losing staff to these counties, and he said, yeah. "Oh no, that's a myth. That's not true." And the senator it's snapped not, back, man. like. You know, <laughs> That's not just in your head, bud. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's on. They're, they're yeah. paying them better. They're better technology. I mean, you know, so it's just a better place to work. Believe me, you're losing out to you know you're losing out some of your best staff to counties. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, actually, they just had somebody go to county. So. They they've had several hey, really know, good staff go to county. It's it's shitty, dude. It's like our job. Like we were production and we see it, dude. Like, I can't imagine corrections. It's, mm. it's, it's crazy. Well, I'll tell you now, the operation that um, I'm in now, the company I work for, much better setup. I mean, we have our problems. We have supervisors oh, yeah. that aren't qualified. <laughs> but for the most part, I think our super, I think our supervisors are awesome. Oh, absolutely. And I think the, co- the company tries to keep us happy but not – you know, suck our dick or anything. No, no, it's just our but, shift is our shift sucks. Yeah, and it does. There's no, there's no way of putting that. Any <laughs> but I mean, the, the, they'll, they'll throw they'll shift. throw parties for us. <laughs> exactly. And like, I mean, they'll try to keep us happy. At the state, you don't really get any of that. Really, you don't get none of that shit. I mean, they'll try, but when they try, it is such a fucking like they suck at it. Actually, <laughs> you can just from, tell. from from what I heard, because I'm no longer there, but apparently their thank you for uh, or their apology for the this wonderful uh, new 12 hour shift thing was they got everybody. Subway, which honestly, I I, I wow. didn't see the sandwiches, but I can about guarantee they were about the most bare bones things. You yeah. Can oh get yeah, which is which is funny. Yeah, absolutely. Which is funny. One of those dirty staff got a footlong from the state, which they're about to go get a footlong from an inmate. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, man, dude, thanks you so thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, today. absolutely. This this was this is definitely a really good opener. episode. Um, first of all, for all those people on YouTube or not YouTube but Facebook that are watching us right now. Thank you for tuning in. You guys are awesome. You guys, we love you guys. Um, you Can't guys are. Tell how many people are on there right now. Uh, what is it? Nine? It's up in the top, right? Something like that. Right there. Eight. Yeah. Eight. Yeah. You guys are fucking awesome. Um, Mike, I appreciate you for coming out and talking about this. This is definitely one of those things that it's. Um, <laughs> Rick and Morty, bitch. <laughs> um, it's definitely one of those things that. Uh, it takes it takes a, it takes a lot to get to get people in here and talk about definitely um, a uh, a uh, a hardened subject like you guys like you talk about corrections is huge um, especially in the state of state of, actually everywhere yeah. I know so where I worked at in Arizona um, we had we had a state prison then we had a uh, federal prison right there in the same town yeah and it in so. For those of you guys that don't know, um, corrections and prisons are, are everywhere. And if you ever come across a corrections officer, thank them for what they do. Because their job is not easy. Um, but we we thank every single one of you guys for, for tuning in tonight. Um, me and Josh have been, have been pushing this podcast forever. And you guys have made this possible. Uh, Mike, again, thank you for coming out, talk about this, and, and, and making this truly what it is. And this doesn't bite me in the ass. Right. <laughs> hey, you know what? Um, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, matter. honestly, I don't give a shit now. And uh, for you, Mike, and everybody else, always. <laughs> thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Hope, hope, hopefully, you guys like the show. We'll see you guys next week.
How do I control money? Envelopes. The first of the month, I divide up my cash. One for groceries, one for gas, one for fun. It helps plan out my spending. And that's how we came up with digital envelopes for your checking account. Our customers give us the best ideas. Huntington, welcome. Introducing the Capital One Walmart Rewards Card. Earn unlimited 5% back on everything you buy at Walmart online. It's the perfect card for all your family's hints this holiday season. Like 5% back on the air fryer Grandpa told you about when he fell asleep in his chair. Mm, he didn't fry anything. Or 5% back on the laptop your sister had carolers sing to you. The Capital One Walmart Rewards Card. Earn unlimited rewards, including 5% back at Walmart online. What's in your wallet? Terms and exclusions apply. Capital One NA.